Good afternoon, welcome to uh, Talking Financially, where I talk financially basically, you know, give you the, the lowdown on what's going on uh, in regulations and, uh, and also the Fed news and maybe what Janet Yellen said, which will come up later on. Um, consumers face higher interest rates, barriers to further credit when borrowing to buy manufactured homes, report asserts. Consumer borrowing to buy manufactured homes face higher interest rates and ultimately barriers uh, and ultimately barriers to credit through limited refinancing options. The Federal Consumer Financial Protection Agency contends in a report released Thursday. The data underlying the report concludes the agency said was the result of new information collected beginning in 2018 under the Home Mortgage Disclosure Act, or HMDA. According to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, CFPB, loans for manufacturing manufactured home housing, which it calls one of the most affordable types of housing available to low-income consumers, make up to 13% of the housing stock in small towns and rural areas are often coupled with higher interest rates and limited opportunities to refinance. In quotes, consumers who do not own the underlying land are more lately, uh, likely to see their homes just depreciate and have fewer protections if they fall behind on payments. The Bureau said in the release and other, some more in quotes, these factors combined Come, can make this affordable housing potentially risky avenue for home ownership. According to the CFPB, the new data about manufactured uh, housing collected in 2018 under HMDA show, one, around 42% of manufactured home purchase loans are, are chattel loans which are secured by the home but not the land. In general, the Bureau asserted chattel loans have higher interest rates and fewer consumer protections than mortgages. In quote, consumers may choose to get chattel loans to avoid putting the underlying land at risk if they default on the loan, the Bureau said. Less than 30% of manufactured home loan applications are approved. Compared to more than 70% of loan approvals for site-built homes, the Bureau said less than 40% of chattel, chattel uh, loan originations were forward refinancing, the Bureau said. The top five lenders account for more than 40% of manufactured housing purchase loans and nearly 75% of chattel lend, lending. CFPB said, in quotes, the four, the four largest originators are specialty lenders that primarily offer chattel loans to manufacturing housing owners. The agency added, in quotes, over time, non-bank lenders have played an increasing role in manufacturing home lending market, while banks have decreased their activity or exited the market altogether. Hispanic, Black, and African American, uh, Hispanic, Black, and African American, American Indian, and Alaskan, 
Alaska and the scenario, <clears throat> and elderly borrowers are more likely than other consumers to take out shadow loans even after controlling uh, controlling for land ownership, CFPB said. Black and African American borrowers are the only racial group that is underrepresented in manufactured housing lending overall compared to site-built. The Bureau said but overrepresented overrepresented in shadow lending compared to site-built. OCC bulletin underscores CIF withdrawal period exception under final rule. Uh, bill, bulletin noting banks' ability to seek an exemption that permits longer prior notice periods for withdrawals from a collective investment funds or, I, or CIFs was issued Thursday by the Office of Comptroller of the Currency, OCC. The final rule, nearly identical to the interim final rule issued last August, provides that a national bank or federal savings association that administers a CIF invested primarily in real estate or other assets that are not readily marketable may require a prior notice period, not to exceed one year to withdraw an account from a CIF. As noted in the building, however, it, it also provides that a bank may require or request rather the OCC's approval for extension to the standard withdrawal period if certain criteria are met. The final rule made one change from the interim final with respect to those criteria. The bank met, uh, must represent rather than commit that it will act upon the withdrawal request as soon as predictable practical practicable okay anyway the rule the final rule was published in the federal register and took effect wednesday okay that's done um, read this one um yeah i just read this one <clears throat> let's see Uh, oh yeah, okay. Did I already read this one too? Anyway, uh, that's it as far as that part goes. Um, I want to compare, do a little comparison here between Biden's infrastructure uh, bill and uh, the GOP's. Uh, Biden's uh, American Job Plans, uh, which calls for a two trillion infrastructure plan. Which I guess is now uh, uh, two bills. That one and the one he, he's proposing on uh, on uh, Friday, which is a combined six trillion. Now I have yet to see what that's about, but I'll be reporting on that. Obviously, uh, President Biden's proposed two trillion infrastructure plan allocates six hundred twenty-one billion on roads, bridges, public transit, rail, ports, waterways, airports, electric uh, vehicles to improve air quality, reduce congestion, and limit greenhouse gas emissions, $400 billion to bolster caregiving for aging and disabled Americans, $300 billion toward boosting manufacturing, specifically semiconductor uh, medical and cleaning and clean manufacturing, $213 billion towards building, uh, reno renovating and retrofitting over 2 million homes and housing units. 
$180 million to advance U.S. leadership in critical technologies, upgrade research infrastructure, and establish the U.S. as a leader in climate science innovation and research and development. $111 billion to rebuild water infrastructure and replace all of the nation's lead pipes and service lines. $100 billion to build new public schools and upgrade existing buildings and $12 billion to states to use towards infrastructure needs at community colleges. $100 billion in order to give every American access to affordable, reliable, and high-speed broadband. $100 billion to reinforce to work sorry to workforce development to help dislocate uh, dislocated workers assist underserved groups and get uh, students on career paths before they graduate high school and 18 billion to modernize the veterans affairs hospitals and 10 billion to, uh, to modernize federal buildings the Biden proposal will be paid by raising corporate tax to 28 which is not going to happen more 25. And the in which Joe Manchin has has already said he he's of course twenty five percent, and global tax minimum tax size at twenty one percent, but more like placing it uh, be more like um fifteen percent, that be a book income for the largest corporation of corporate corporate inversions. Let's see, there's yeah, uh, and here's what's in Republicans' new nine hundred twenty eight billion dollar infrastructure kind of proposal. Uh, 506 billion for roads and bridges and major projects, including 4 billion for electric vehicle infrastructure, 98 billion for public transit systems, 48 billion for passenger and freight rail, not specific, 21 billion for safety. Yeah, not this is not specific enough as far as the far goes. 22 billion for ports and waterways. 56 billion for airports, 22 billion for western water storage, 72 billion for water infrastructure, 65 billion for broadband infrastructure. I mean, the only the only one the only one difference is the fact that it's not much detail and they keep using the word infrastructure instead of details. But I guess the point is they're trying to it's like what one-third or whatever of a what find what's put into it let's see uh where, yeah no i saw that okay the fed has said has said something uh okay maybe that's where it is If you haven't yet, please subscribe to this uh, uh, podcast for $0.99 cents a month. That's $0.99 cents a month. Okay, so non-bank financial sector structural issues can be addressed by regulation. Quarles says, prices bank, praises banking sector's resilience. Uh, this is from yesterday, actually. So there you go. A structural vulnerability in a non-bank financial sector, especially in money and hedge funds, are manageable and can be addressed by targeting regulation and supervision during the economy, economic rather recovery following the, not the coronavirus uh, crisis. The Federal Reserve's top supervisor said Thursday, Wednesday, in a speech via webcast to Brookings Institute Federal Reserve Board Vice Chair 
uh, for supervision, Randall Quarles said, using regulation and supervision to deal with money and hedge funds vulnerably uh, would be preferable uh, to monetary policy action. At a crucial moment in our recovery from COVID-19 event, utilization of using monetary policy to try and address financial stability concerns would be greatly outweighed by the cost to employment and growth, he said. Regarding the bank industry, Corals appraised the resilience that the sector displayed during the financial impact of the crisis and its contribution to financial stability. And I think the financial stability I think most directly by the resilience to shocks and would be hard to imagine a better test of the resilience than what occurred in the spring of 2020, Coral says. Banks met extraordinary demands for credit last spring from non-financial businesses and households while simultaneously providing forbearance on millions of existing loans and, and building substantial less, substantial yet less uh, loss reserves, all without significant strain to their overall health. He said he asserted that the largest banks in the financial system are better capitalized than they have been in the decade. These institutions are are sitting on large amounts of highly liquid assets while relying on relatively low levels of short-term funding. The banking sector's sector is strong. He also gave a nod to household resiliency, noting that credit is primarily owed by borrowers with prime credit scores. Rising home prices have more homeowners flush with equity and households are sitting on the lock uh, on a large stock of savings on inflation quarrels acknowledged that prices would run above the fed's two percent target in 2021 but added that the most of the increase will be transitory after an exceedingly difficult year we are poised to enter a robust and durable expansion he says Apparently, Janet Yellen um, says, Yellen says the government is operating like it's 2010, calls for more aggressive spending. Uh, this is from earlier. Um, key points, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen called on congressional leaders to get more aggressive in spending. In inflation-adjusted terms, Yellen said the budget hasn't really increased since 2019, or 2010, I'm sorry. She noted that several areas of her department remained significantly underfunded. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen urged congressional leaders on Thursday to set up or step up spending, saying that the government isn't operating on the budget that is more than a decade behind the times. In remarks to a House panel that will have large sway Overspending, Yellen said the, that inflation-adjusted spending has remained stagnant for 11 years. Noting the aggressive programs the Treasury already has implemented to carry the economic the economy through the COVID-19 pandemic, she asked for a still more expensive fiscal policy across a variety of areas. Our team has done valiant work implementing these programs with the resources at our disposal, yet Yellen said in prepared remarks to the Subcommittee on Financial Services and General Government Committee on Appropriations. 
but we cannot continue to be good stewards of this recovery and tackle the new bodies of work that Congress assigns, us, assigns to us in years beyond, beyond, with a budget that was designed for 2010. Our comments come a day before President Joe Biden releases his first budget on expecting $6 trillion spending plan to be financed by tax increases and heavy deficit spending to the tune of $1.3 trillion annually. Among the administration's priority is a sweeping infrastructure plan likely to total more than $1 trillion. Along with that, Yellen said stronger spending is needed for her department, particularly in tracking financial crimes, community development projects, and in cracking down on tax cheats. Yellen asked for $13.2 billion, which I think he actually offered the $80 billion, but anyway, to fund IRS discretionary spending and $417 million to guide the American family plans. You know, the areas include domestic domestic Finance, uh, economic policy, and tax policy have seen have seen their budget cut by more than 20 percent since 2016. The speed and strength of our recovery and our economic long term depend on the fully funded Treasury. Yellen said the government ran a 3.1 trillion deficit in 2020 and already has accumulated more than 1.9 trillion in red ink uh, through the first seven months of fiscal 2021. The deficit as a portion of GDP soared to the nearly 15% in 2020, the highest level since 1945. Dating back to her days as Federal Reserve Chair, Yellen has called has long called for nation's fiscal path unsustainable, but has advocated more spending at a time when interest rates are low and the economy recovery remains incomplete. She subsequently told the committee during Thursday's hearing that she sees co- uh, cost to finance the, the debt remaining very manageable as she and other uh, uh, economists say interest rates are staying low. Well, I kind of wanted to bring that up as far as what I saw that she said. I'm like, okay, interesting. Um, I have yet to see... Oh, wait, actually, Wanda. <laughs> I kind of started, started talking about this on my... Uh, on my show today earlier on YouTube, uh, just look up Green Party and so, uh, Green and Green Party and Socialist News Channel, and you can find me up there. I was talking about the uh, junk bonds that the Fed has been buying from corporations, um, which I found very interesting. I'll just kind of bring them off as I do have a little bit of time left. And don't forget, uh, nor to uh, to to. Uh, to help this podcast, uh, 90 cents a month would be very helpful. Anyway, let's see. So, uh, which corporate bonds the Fed has bought so far? Uh, let's see. It states, earlier this month, the Federal Reserve announced it would begin buying individual corporate bonds. Now we have our first glimpse at what that means in practice. On Saturday, the Fed released a disclosure uh, statement that lists the bonds purchased by the central bank. The amount so far is relatively modest, $428 million. Jump bonds uh, make, up, make, up to, uh, make up $15.5 million of that total. So far, the Fed has engaged in its intervention into the corporate bond market, primarily through purchase of corporate e- ETFs. Um, I think there's electronic, electronic transfer funds or some type of fact. 
the central bank holds a total of 6.8 billion in bond, in bond EFTs or EM, ETFs, excuse me, as of June 19th. That was up from 1.5 billion a month ago. The Federal Reserve purchased corporate debt via the so-called Secondary Market Corporate Credit Facility, or SMCCF. The Treasury gave the Fed 25 billion for SMCCF as part of the CARES Act. The central bank can leverage that 10 to 1 to buy up two, uh, buy up to $250 billion in corporate paper. The Fed will create the additional $225 billion, uh, well, thin air, basically, print that money, uh, according to these guys. Um, the CMCCF uh, bought bonds from 84 companies. Uh, Wall, Wall Street summarizes the portfolio in the, uh, this way. The, in quotes, the bonds that the Fed purchased more issued, were issued by 84 companies in industries ranging from tobacco to video games across the spectrum of U.S. companies and U.S. subsidiaries of foreign companies such as uh, Toyota's U.S. financial subsidiary. The issues uh, include several of Warren Buffett's companies. There you go. Uh, according to... Wolf, uh, Wolf Street's analysis, the average bond ma maturity in Fed's por uh, portfolio comes in at three and a half years, or 3.3 years, excuse me. Maturity ranged from 11 million, a Chevrolet bond that matures in May of 2021, to five years at a Honeywell bond, which I believe is owned by um, by Warren Buffett's uh, company. Anyway, a Honeywell bond that matures in June 2025. So far, the Fed is not holding any bonds with long-dated maturities. AT&T topped the list. The Fed has purchased $16.5 million in that company's debt. One has to wonder how the Fed chooses the bonds it buys, regardless of the criteria the central bank is ultimately picking winners and losers. For instance, the Fed bought Southwest Airlines bonds, but you won't find any other find any on the list from American Online, uh, Delta, or United. Or United. But you have United Healthcare Group, you have AT&T, Inc., Comcast, Anthem, IBM, Microsoft, Walmart, uh, Constellation Brands, uh, Ford Motor Company, uh, CBS Healthcare. Uh, Health Corp, sorry, Boeing Company, um, General Electric, uh, General Electric, <laughs> General Electric Co, uh, Ab B Inc, Medtronic Inc, Coca Cola, uh, Pepsi Cola, uh, PepsiCo Inc, Sabine Bass, uh, Liquefaction, McDonald's Corp, uh, Beckson Dixon and Co, Philip Morris. Berkshire Hathaway Energy, uh, Prologus LP, Marathon Petroleum, um, let's see, General Mills, Florida Power and Lights, Lowe's Co's, Lowe's Co's, there you go, uh, Pfizer Inc., Cisco Corporation, uh, BP Cap Markets America, MasterCard, Marriott uh, International, and, then, and these are pretty much uh, a lot of these. Corporations have been affected by the COVID-19. I mean, if you think about it, uh, you have the the uh, traveling industry and Marriott, gas, which is basically the Cisco and other things. You have entertainment, uh, ExxonMobil. Uh, that's not entertainment, of course, but um, let's see, Walgreens. I'm not really sure why they'd be having junk bonds, but whatever. Um, DuPont, 
which last I checked was a uh, was a, a kind of a was a, a TV station and other things of that nature. Uh, you have uh, Fox Core. Huh? Okay, so Fox uh, has some junk bonds. Uh, let's see, International Alex uh, International. Oh, okay, so uh, International Exchange. Uh, let's see, W3M Company, Eastman Chemical, Georgia Power, HP Enterprise, um, Gargill Inc., Humana. So basically, there's a couple that are in the medical, uh, the, um, let's see, in the um, healthcare. They have healthcare. Basically, every industry you could think of has junk bonds that just better than buying. And I believe that would be with, um, Asset swaps and that would have a repo to that with, with them having the option uh, having the option of uh, of a repurchasing. I could be wrong about that, but anyway, um, anyway. So that's the deal. Uh, Dollar General, obviously one of them. Um, not obviously, but as one of them. Southwest Airlines, one of them. Uh, Duke Energy is one of them. Um, Hyatt Hotels Corp. Now. I know there's Duke Energy and it's one of those like a Duke uh, like mutual fund. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but anyway. So yeah, those are I think junk bonds, uh, debts in other words, and that's what they did during the housing crisis. Subprime mortgage became debt, and so they decided to buy the debt. And what they're going to probably do is they're going to probably turn around and sell on the open bond market and see who bites as far as the part goes and. They return, they return to them, uh, I'm guessing. Anyway, uh, now, uh, oh, clear, clear value tax guide that I, I'm probably calling on YouTube because uh, updates are like, say, everything between tax filing to uh, stimulus, uh, stimulus updates, you know, stuff of that nature. Uh, he was asking uh, his viewers uh, if. We, if, if we think there should be a fourth stimulus, I said yes, because some tell me that because of how its corporations are able to uh, select uh, the hourly wage amidst right now with this pandemic and workforce and all that stuff, and considering the fact you have uh, more people uh, being taken off of the unemployment <clears throat> to be forced back into work by Republican states, um, people are going to need uh, uh, at least one more stimulus to get them through that time period, because if, if I think we have shown that as as consumers, the more people that have money that go out and spend, the more manufacturing is needed, more demand is needed for for producing goods and services. Only way you can do that is by giving that money to people who will use that. Half of that would go to goods and services, some of it will go to bills, some of it will go into savings. But that's what happened in the 90s that I remember, is people who had, when we had a surplus, uh, not surplus, but a uh, deficit spending program in the United States economy, a lot more people had a lot more money and were able to save uh, until they transitioned that into taxes, when, uh, when which most corporations that went, that had tax cuts some did actually put uh, some did put that in the into uh, treasuries some put that in corporate bonds and some of them actually did uh, did start up 401ks for their employees but as we saw what happened with the crisis was when when the when the um fit hit the shan um 
that's that, that's a quote from a uh, the volume of uh, a fun movie that I liked. Anyway, um, people lost everything, and because of the Glass-Steagall being repealed in the in the 90s, which Biden has since regretted regretted that because that combined all the above, um, that allowed the banks to play with other people's money. Uh, and do predatory loans. I mean, if you look at every single community, African-American communities have the most in pawn shops. Um, uh, um, oh, shoot. Uh, like uh, the uh, like bondsmen, uh, bondsmen uh, loans, and stuff of that nature. That's predominantly in African-American communities or low-income communities. I have I have grown I have grown up in those kind of communities, like I'm sure a lot of you have as well. And Three major things you would see on your, on your street liquor store slash convenience store, uh, pawn shop, and the loan, uh, no, and, the, and the payday loan place. Uh, in order to find the recent, uh, the, the most recent uh, uh, banks, you have to go like uh, four or five blocks down in any direction, just check it. Anyway, so the consumers need the money to be able to. Justify when I justify uh, in order to purchase goods and services for for people for corporations to be able to actually sell them. Yeah, I'm kind of, kind of getting away with that. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed what, what I said. Please subscribe for nine cents uh, or subscribe to my YouTube channel by going to YouTube, looking up uh, Brain Party and Socialist News, um, or you can go to my PayPal.com or paypal.me slash capital leftist uh, capital GAP network donate whatever you want for that or nine cents here or go to go to my YouTube channel and, and uh, look me up you can also buy my merch at Teespring uh, just look me up on Teespring conversation with a socialist or um, or a GPS look look I've one them up and purchased a cup or something to affect but thanks for listening peace out for now wear those masks um, and I'm hoping that we get another stimulus one more at least and uh, just kind of cushion the economy for the rest of us thanks for listening and peace out for now